Welcome to The Leaders Who Care, a podcast powered by Dynamis Group. We are here to give the stage and support to those committed to create a positive and lasting impact, way beyond the profits and margins, the leaders of the world who care for others and serve a bigger purpose. Join us on the journey of creating a better, more caring world. And now to your host, Marian Timelkov. Hello, everyone. I'm super excited for today's episode as we have a very special guest today with us. As you know, in the Leaders Who Care, uh, we bring together Leaders Who Care and uh, our mission is to discover, go out around the world and bring from every corner, every country, Leaders Who Care and uh, give them a stage to share their experiences, share really their goodness of how they care and what is the impact they make. And today we have an amazing uh, leader that is joining us uh, the um, chairman of uh, Buy One, Give One, um, a, a serial entrepreneur uh, with an impact and purpose, TEDx speaker, and uh, not to mention many other uh, titles. Paul, thank you for joining us today and welcome. Oh, it's such a, ple a pleasure to be here. And by the way, everybody listening and joining us, thank you for being here too. Awesome to be here. It is, uh, thank you for making the time, uh, and really we're so excited to have so many questions to ask you, but uh, why don't we start with a brief introduction uh, for people who haven't met you, um, who is Paul, and um, tell us about buy one, give one. I mean, this is uh, certainly <laughs> so exciting. Uh, well, and it's, what's interesting, of course, is that I'm uh, I'm live here in Singapore. So in effect, I'm in the future right now, right? Because I'm actually <laughs> seven hours ahead of you. But uh, let me just go back to the past. I I look at all of the things that uh, that I've done, and and uh, uh, you know, you're supposed to have this kind of hero's journey thing, you know? Yeah. Uh, but for me, it's a it's it's a very different journey in the sense that I I look back on it, and and I just am so grateful for where i've uh, where i've been and and all of the moments that uh, that uh, contribute to now a good friend of mine says you know where we are right now is a product essentially of all the moments that we've had leading up to now and how we've reacted to those so my uh, my first moment when i took breath was actually in the united kingdom i was born down there in dover very close to oh. dover uh, yeah, not too far away from where you guys are. And uh, then I got headhunted. How lucky is this? You see, you'll follow the thread of luck. <laughs> uh, I got headhunted by uh, Hewlett Packard way back before many of our listeners uh, were born, I suspect. And I was one of the first 10, actually, in Hewlett Packard in Australia. Wow. And, uh, you know, yeah, so literally sitting and having breakfast with great leaders like, you know, Bill Hewlett, Dave Packard, and uh, all of that. I mean, the impact that that has on you is just amazing and then of course I, I went on as we frequently do with that entrepreneurial seizure that michael gerber talks about um and i created one of australia's first computer companies and then i had a moment uh where uh, i was actually in an audience at uh, there were 600 people in the audience and these were in the this was in the days before we even knew what a seminar was and, and it was this uh, this guy. Some of you, some of us would know of him, the, the Jim Rohn, the late great Jim. Oh, Rohn. of course. And yeah, and for me, it was like one of these amazing experiences. It was almost like being in a in, in a tunnel, and and I was him, and and I I saw that I I, I really that was my thing that I really wanted to be doing that, and and to 
uh, you know, to speak, to, to engage, to move, uh, to inspire people around the world. And ever since that time, which is, uh, when was that? 1981, actually, that was. Uh, and ever since that time, I've been very privileged to do that in various uh, entities as we've uh, gone along. Um, the, probably the one that many people would be familiar with is a thing I did called Results Corporation, where we uh, were uh, responsible for all of the driving of some 23,400 businesses. Uh, wow. Then we flipped that into the accounting profession. And, and you, you might gather I'm not an accountant, but, <laughs> but I, I, I love working with them because uh, I think they change a lot of lives, even though they themselves don't realize it. Um, and then one of those moments happened in 2007. Uh, before that, in 2000, I'd sold everything. You know, I'm supposed to go retire, but I'm not sure whether you get it in my voice, but retiring is not something that no. uh, was, was, was meant for me, right? Because <laughs> so, there's that inherent curiosity you know, about how the world works, how we as individuals work, how we create impacts and all that kind of stuff. And then in 2007, uh, that was perhaps the biggest moment uh, where I met my co-founder of B1G1. Her name is Masami, Masami Sato. And as you might, might gather from that name, she's this tiny little uh, Japanese person who I was mentoring, actually. <laughs> and uh, you would know because you do a lot of this, right? And when you mentor people, you're in this privileged position of being the one that asks questions mm. and the mentee is supposed to answer them, right? And I remember she came into this thing and, and she it was obvious that she had been really in very deep thought for a long time. And, and she said, can, in this lovely Japanese accent, uh, can, we, can we do t today differently? And I said, sure we can. And she said, well, can I ask you a question? Uh, sure you can. So she said, well, it's not so much a question, but I want you to imagine. And by the way, leaders have this ability, don't they, to turn imagination into reality. And, and, and she said, I want you to imagine a different world. And I said, like, like what? You know? And she said, a world where every time business is done, something great happens in the world. Now, at the time, Marianne, uh, those that know me would call me, I hope this translates, they would call me, at that time, 2007, they would call me an Aussie bloke, okay? I was, <laughs> I was living in Australia. And uh, Aussie blokes tend not to be too deep. So when she said that, uh, I said, oh, yeah, that'd be great. And, and, and she said, and she recognized that I didn't really get it. And she said, uh, oh, she said, I don't, I don't think you quite get it. And I said, well, help me with that. And she said, well, uh, she said, I've called it at this point in this idea, I've called it buy one, give one. And I said, well, how would that work? And she said, well, imagine you go down to a big electronics store and you buy a plasma TV. And I said, Masami, woo, woo, woo. if I go down to that big electronics store and buy a plasma TV, they're not going to give me, you call it buy one, give, they're not going to give me another TV, right? And she said, no, no, no. She said, you completely misunderstand. I said, well, help me. She said, well, imagine when you go down there. Well, the reason that you go down there is because you want better or bigger, but let's say better vision. That's why you go buy that TV. So she said, just imagine for a moment if when you did that, someone who could not see got the gift of sight. I went, oh. 
oh my gosh, that is that is something else. And, and you know, and I remember at the time I had a cup of coffee in in my in my hand, and she said, or oh, imagine every time a cup of coffee is sold, that uh, that uh, somebody in need gets access to pure life-saving water. And I was surrounded by books like I am now. And she said, well, you know, imagine uh, imagine every time someone buys a book, a tree gets planted. And I remember saying, and this was a huge moment. She said, or I said to her, Masami, can I be your mentor for the rest of your life? <laughs> <laughs> and eventually she, uh, she agreed to that. And so these last, uh, what is it, 13, 14 years have just been an amazing journey when uh, because we didn't know how to do that you know i mean it sounded such a a simple idea uh, but uh, you know we didn't know how to do it and it took three years to figure out how to do it and here we are today uh in 2021 with um, you know a, a, a big uh, movement of some 3,000 plus businesses around the world business leaders there and creating close to today 235 million uh, giving impacts and, wow. and and loving and loving every moment of it and linking it to everything we do so for example just because we are on this call right now and i'm not the only one doing this but just as a simple example as a result of you and i being on this call 11 kids are getting access to game-changing education just because we're on this call. So the, the magic of B1G1 is being able to link the little tiny things that we do to really amazing things that are happening in the world. So uh, I have, uh, you know, I, I have this, uh, this great life uh, seeing the impacts of that uh, every day and helping business owners and their teams create, and, and you know the leaders in those organizations create more impacts in their business and in our world than they previously could have imagined. So I'm not going to swap my job with anybody yet. <laughs> I love it, Paul. Really well, this is so inspiring, and to be honest, um, honestly, until recently, as you were recommended as one of those great leaders that makes a profound impact, we didn't even know of you. So it's so pleased to hear so tell us you know how could we accelerate that uh, movement and ex expand it even scale it even further it's already significant that's what you just yeah. did of 3000 and how, how you know i'm just thinking for those business owners that are listening um what could they do you know like you said you, you well, also love small things <laughs> so lots <laughs> of small things well, I guess the simple answer to that, Marianne, is that, you know, just go, go look at b1g1.com and you'll see, you know, a whole host of things. But I think Great. it's interesting. You, you use the word accelerate just then. And I think what is really, really interesting about now as hopefully, hopefully uh, we come through, well, we are going to come through uh, this, this thing, the pandemic, and, and without wishing to minimize the some of the awful things uh, that have occurred and continue to occur mm -hmm. uh, as, as a result of that. Um, one of the things that I've found, and I'm sure you've been the same, that it has really accelerated um, a lot of things that 
we kind of knew. Um, I mean, for, let me give you a for example. You know, mm -hmm. um, if if you think, well, actually, let's go right back to 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 March uh, last year, and you know, there were there were some interesting things happening. All of a sudden, we were in this place where we had never been before. But as you know, and indeed everybody listening to us now, there there were so many different kind of responses. And I think when you look at those responses, you learn some, as you always do, some really interesting lessons. And so very quickly, I, I, I kind of decoded three of them. And, and the, the first one was where you go into, you know, like flight or fright. It's like panic. Mm -hmm. Oh, my God, you know, what am I going to do? And, and what happens is, in, in some cases, you, you, you literally freeze. You, you literally freeze. And that's not, a good, that's not a good thing. So that was one, because, you know, that, that's a downward spiral that, that sadly accelerates. The other, uh, the second sort of group of leaders that, that I saw were those leaders were, well, you know, everything will be okay. We'll just kind of bob along. So they're sort of floating on the surface. And so, you know, up and down. And so if you looked at them sort of at the beginning of that and you looked at where they are now, they're exactly the same place. Nothing has changed, right? They're up there. But there were those leaders, uh, you know, the, the, the great leaders, the leaders who really care. Um, and I, I, what, what they were on was this sort of upward projection. Um, and, and I think that the reason for that was that I think it was Stephen Covey uh, way back when in, uh, you know, in Seven Habits who who looked at this whole sort of function of the North Star, you know, this thing mm. that drives us, if you will, this thing that is bigger than ourselves. And I think all great leaders have this thing that is bigger than ourselves. They don't look inward, they're looking outward, right, all the time. And once you have that, it just drives you every second, every day, and in every way. And as a result of that, that, that being on purpose, we see just amazing, amazing things having, uh, happening in an accelerated way. And I think one of the great things about, uh, uh, about the pandemic is that it's accelerated things that we kind of knew, some, you know, we all knew it, but we never expressed it. And, and we, we never really acted as if we understood it. And that simple thing is that we are all connected. We're all connected. You know, you, there's, there's no way we can avoid that. And we've seen that now. And so where, where I think the great leaders always were was that it was never about me, you know, never about me, if you will, as the leader. It was always about we. Uh, yes, it was about the value that we bring, but more importantly, it was about values. Right? And, I, and I think we, we've really seen an acceleration and we've had so many examples now of where that's happening. So I think that, you know, I'm, I'm hopeful that as a result of this, we can be inspired by all of those stories and realize, you know, that in, in many cases, I hear, I hear people saying things like, well, you know, maybe we need to get back on track. I think the great leaders were using that time and, and, the, and the caring leaders were, were, were using that time to be able to ask a different question. And the different question was, well, were we actually on the right track? You know, is there, is there kind of like a, a, a better track, if you will, uh, that we could be on? And, uh, and that, 
is uh, like super inspiring, I think, for me to be a part of and to, you know, be able to hang out with people like you uh, and uh, share these stories and uh, these, um, you know, these, uh, these things that just become a part of who we are. Interestingly, when, when, uh, anyway, let me stop for a minute because otherwise it'll be all about me. No, no, I, no, I, 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 I love <laughs> to hear. I just enjoy listening to you and, and, and just keep going. I think I'd love to, to hear really uh, some of those insights because this is, uh, you know, what you mentioned and some of those leaders that you had access to has been amazing for the audience to hear and listen. So uh, please go ahead and I'll, I have a few, quite a few questions which I will ask you as well, but just keep going. That's fine. Oh, well, okay, because it was so interesting when when I got your invitation, right, and it said, you know, leaders who care. And I thought, well, that's interesting because Marianne doesn't know what we have in the B1G1 office. Not that we can get into the B1G1 office these days <laughs> here in Singapore. Um, and But ever since we started way back in 2007, we've had... Um, what many many people I, I i guess would be familiar with the work of Vern harnish and you know scaling up and all those sorts of things and one of the things that Vern talks about frequently is this huddle you know where you where you where you get together like for 10 minutes at an oddball time and we we do that every morning what's interesting is our huddle has uh has the following uh acronym the huddle since 2007 has said do care what it is seriously i'm not making that up didn't do it just for the program it says do care and i thought oh my gosh that's all right synchronicity right and so and those those do care uh values that we had stand for something so uh let's see if i can if i can go through it one is a desire to improve uh so so we want always to not rest on our laurels yeah. we want to be open that's the o open-mindedness so that we're never kind of defensive but we're welcoming the new ideas uh, that takes the c by the way which is called courage you know to yeah. to tackle those difficult tasks um, and then there's another one that the a of the uh, of the care stands for accountability that we 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 want to be able to make promises and 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 then keep those promises and and to be you know full of responsibility to make that happen never play the victim the r uh, stands for respect just for not yeah. judgment but respect respect for others and where they're at and and their values so that we can find the best solutions the best ways to work together and the final one is an interesting one because uh, I think it's it's really uh, why we're here in some ways, <laughs> and it's the E obviously of the C A R E, and that is enjoyment, and uh, wow. it is to find ways to enjoy uh, every task, and that is really you know I mean that is really at the centre, isn't it of 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 well I was going to say it's at the centre. I think you know I, I'm um, one of the, one of the thrills of uh, doing what I do is that, um, you know, as you mentioned, I get to, <clears throat> I get to uh, interact with a fair few people. And, you know, some of uh, the people I interact with have done, you know, I've done four, uh, been very privileged to do four uh, TEDx talks. And so when you do that, you, you get to meet with, you know, the, the gurus who do the TED talks. And I always remember 
meeting with uh, meeting with Brene Brown, mm-hmm. who I'm sure many of our listeners would know. And you know, she is just a a, a ball of fun. And I remember her first TED talk, which is all about vulnerability, which is really important now. And there was this moment in this talk where everything was fun and so on and so forth. And then she sort of got, I think it from memory, it's about the six and a half minute point where she she goes quiet. And, and she is talking about uh, way back then, you know, whenever that was, what, 2015, something like that. Uh, she was talking about mental health issues and particularly mental health issues in teenage boys. And there was mm. this acceleration of, of, you know, of them sadly checking out. And, uh, and, and she made this, this comment. She said, connection is why we're here. And then she said, it's what brings meaning and purpose to our lives. And, and I remember when she said that, I thought, oh, you could say that the other way around. You could say, meaning and purpose brings connection, right? So it's one of those lovely sort of mm. virtuous circles, right? With joy right at the, right at the middle of it. So, uh, and that's you know, one of the reasons why, as I, uh, as I said uh, to you, just as we were getting ready for the recording, I said, you know, I, I had to cancel uh, some things today. And, and you're like, oh, you didn't, shouldn't have canceled. Of course I should have canceled them because I was so looking forward to hanging out with you and being able to share some of these thoughts. So again, uh, I'm just grateful for the opportunity to do that. Oh, Paul, thank you for sharing these amazing stories. And uh, really, what, what an impact you, you're creating. And uh, I'm sure you had a number of challenges that worked out because often people see where you are today. But they don't yeah. know, you know, if they've not been by your side or, or shared a lot of those uh, moments with you, they wouldn't know what you had to go through. And uh, I'm sure there has been a, a lot of uh, difficult moments. And uh, what would you well, say was one of the most difficult, some of the most difficult ones you had to face? Well, I, I think one of the most difficult ones uh, recently, although I, I, I must say I have, uh, uh, I, I remember once I was, um, uh, I, I think it was about 10 years ago, and a friend of mine was doing a program and it was one of the first programs he'd ever done. And he asked me if I would be in the audience and I, you know, to support him. And I said, yeah, of course, of course I would. So anyway, he, he's, he's doing this thing and he, and he said, now it's important for us to talk about failure. And I went, oh my goodness. And I had this feeling that he was going to pick on me. Right. And, and he did. And he said, oh, look, Guess who's in the audience? Paul Dunson. And I know that Paul's had all these things. And oh, wow, he'd love to talk. And I'm going, I'm shaking my head. I said, no, 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 don't do this. Don't, I'm, I'm here to support you. I don't want to get out the front. And he said, oh, look, Paul's just waiting for applause or something. I'm not waiting for applause. Anyway, he kind of dragged me out to the front, literally. And he said, so, Paul, uh, what's your view on failure? And when I looked at the video uh, that, that, that he prepared after that. The moment he asked that, that said that word failure, I, I actually started moving away from from him. And and until I was up against this wall, I'm like like ten foot away from him, <laughs> having this conversation. And he said, "What's going on?" And I said, "Well, my I, I've never realized it before, but my brain is just not allowing me to compute." that you know that sort of failure thing because I, I i i tend to look at it as um and i know this sounds like a cliche and, and it's not meant to be a cliche 
but it's just, hey, that didn't work out. So that was a learning experience, and and uh, you know, hopefully, I can take that on board and and uh, and move forward and move forward very quickly. Mind you, there there, there is one that's occurred recently uh, that is, I think, uh, instructional, and it's actually quite tough. Um, you know, B1G1 has, has, has been doing its thing, and and uh, and in a sense, B1G1 is this uh, kind of child, if you will, uh, or at least was, <laughs> of mine that that starts to grow into maturity. And so, one of the things you, as a parent, if you will, just to follow that analogy, uh, have to do is to learn to let go, to let you know, let it have its head, as it were, so that, he, uh, you know, the teenager has to have the experiences that hopefully, you know, you've created good values and, and they can have those experiences. I've got to tell you, when, when that, and you would have had the experience as well, uh, when you decide to do that with, uh, you know, a, a company, it's tough. It is really, really tough to get out the way. It really is. But it's, it's also very instructional. Because you realize, you know, when you're in this leadership position, you can fool yourself into believing it's all about you. You know, you're the inspirational leader, right? You can fool yourself, right? And and so then when it's time to let go, you go, oh my God, can, I, can they do it? Can they, you know, do, do it? <laughs> and so you want to almost kind of creep back. Like, have you sort of thought about this? Have you thought about that? So that's been really an interesting time for me. And But I think I'm I'm sort of through it now, I think. You know, it's interesting what you say about failure. Failure doesn't exist. It's, uh, I guess, uh, yeah. if failure, you fail on Monday, uh, you may make it on Wednesday. So it's like, <laughs> it depends how you perceive it. And, and it's a learning experience. It means if something didn't work out, I guess you could, uh, you know, it's not the end game, right? It's, it's not, you're not going to no, die, you know, not. out of it. <laughs> and I, and I, don't, I don't want to make that sound as though... Uh, you know, uh, I, I'm going through life like, oh, life is a bowl of cherries or something. Because, <laughs> uh, you know, I don't want to make it sound as though, you know, I never have those times when I go, oh, gosh, you know, of course I have those times. And, and uh, you know, being a guy, uh, you know what guys typically do when they have those moments, they kind of disconnect. And uh, I, I, I think the uh, the women listening to us now, uh, would say, yeah, we, we, we can relate to that. They go into their cave and they sort of switch off and so on and so forth. And uh, I, actually about a week ago, I, something happened and I, I was in that. And uh, I, I called a friend, funnily enough, in the United Kingdom. And uh, he said, uh, he, I said, you know, I'm in this spot. Something's, I'm just feeling like. And he said, well, you know how to get out of that. And I said, well, remind me, right? <laughs> the guy said, the guy said uh, just be with yourself, right? And, and I said, uh, Wayne, I said, I've actually tried that. That's not working too well at the moment. And then something flipped. Something flipped in my head. And, uh, and I realized that the thing that was missing at that point, A, I was thinking about me, B, I was feeling sorry for me, and the thing that had gone missing in my life in that disconnect time was a word that you'd mentioned before, and it's that, that simple thing of gratitude. You know? And when you, when you come from that place and, and you, you realize that that is the starting place, you know? and, and here in, 
in uh, Singapore, for example, I'm I'm looking out right now to a a forest in my in my work from home office, and people go, "Oh, really? You this forest in Singapore? I thought it was all you know buildings." No, 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 this forest, and I know this forest there because I run around them every every morning, and uh, and and right out just in, in between where I am in the forest. Uh, there's a bus stop and here in Singapore the public transport is like amazing and the bus is literally I mean the bus if there's not one every two minutes some someone's late you know it's like it's like amazing and so uh, at the beginning of the pandemic uh, and I was actually doing it before but more so in the pandemic because uh, those guys in the taxis and in the uh, you know in the buses they were really on the front line weren't they just keeping things going and so I would get on the bus, the, 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 the bus stop down the, in front of us. And the first thing I would do, I, you know, we all got these little cards where you put it up against the card and it goes ping. And as, as it was doing that, I would look at the driver and I would say, thank you for stopping. <laughs> they would look at me as if I was crazy because you know, that's, after all, what they're supposed to do, right? But then I realized that we don't do that often enough. We really don't do that often enough. And so, you know, it's just taking time to, to get into that gratitude thing. And interestingly, and I think this is another thing for, uh, for leaders, you know, um, oftentimes, particularly, and, and in fact, the real title of, you know, leaders who care, it, it, there's something really interesting about that title. See, if it, let's imagine you disconnect for whatever reason, right? for whatever reason you're feeling, you know, whatever, then frequently, and I'm not a head shrinker or anything like that, mm. but frequently I think the, the advice that you get is go look inside, you know, go inside and sort of look, you know, what's going on. And I, I, I understand that, uh, but, I, but I think a better way, particularly now, is not to go inside at all, but to look outside. Be, because when you look outside, you, you, you could not look outside and be amazed at what you see and, and grateful for, for where you are, right? And, and also, when you look outside, to go back to that, that point I was making about Stephen Covey earlier on, you you will see things. You go, you know what? That's something that I can I can impact on. I, it's it's you know, and you'll see things that are bigger than yourself that you can uh, that you can move towards. And one of the one of the things that I I talk about in relation to that, I think that you know there are so many uh, companies that we could look at who, in a sense, are and, and, and please, no one be offended by, by this, but who, in, in a sense, are kind of like ordinary. They're, 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 they're sort of hiding their light uh, below a, a bushel. Or if you imagine uh, a sea and, and, and there's an iceberg, they're kind of like below the, the waterline, if you will. They're in, what, in like a sea of sameness, is, is what I call it. And so if you, if you think about it, instead of calling you ordinary, if you call it standard, then what, what happens to leaders who care? What leaders who care do is they can take standard things and make them stand out 
things. They, they really can do that. And how do they do that? If you think about it, and there's a lovely alliteration where you go from standard to stand out because you stand for something which is bigger than yourself. And that's, wow. that, and then, and then part of that, I was on a run the other day and I thought, you know, that's, 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 I was thinking, I'm not sure where you do your thinking, Marianne, but um, uh, sometimes when, I, when I'm on, you know what it's like on a run, you know, that's, or sometimes in the bath, I suppose, or whatever. Uh, not that I, I shower, not bath, but anyway, you know what I'm saying? Some people get it in the shower, some people get it when they're walking, whatever. And uh, driving, yeah, some people driving. <laughs> well, different... there you go. Yeah, you probably get it that way. And, uh, and so, uh, for, for me, it's running. And I was thinking about that whole thing. I was thinking, you know, standard to stand out because you stand for. And then I, then I wanted like um, like a, a, an action word. And you might say that stand for is action. But one of the things that just occurred to me that day for some reason was this phrase impact driven. And, and the, the reason I love impact driven is because we can measure the impact that we're having. Yeah. Um, and, and you know, um, and, and I, I, I know right now that, uh, you know, there are companies uh, with, with whom I'm very privileged to work who, uh, you know, they don't do the traditional thing uh, as leaders. They, they, you know, the traditional thing is, okay, so Let's uh, let's sit down. Let's you know do the budgets and let's do all of those sorts of things and let's see what the next sprint is going to be. You know all of those sorts of things, and frequently uh, those things are the way we measure them is we measure them by the revenue. What revenue are we going to hit? You know all of that sort of stuff. What if we change that? And what if we said, how many people are we planning to impact? What if we what if we just made that? subtle shift, but all important shift. And then we could, you know, talk about being impact driven. The, the, the fun I have with that, by the way, is I often imagine, you know, people going into so-called network meetings and imagine meeting an accountant. And uh, and if there's any accountants listening, this is not meant, you know, derogatory comment to you. But, but, uh, but I, I feel okay because I work with a lot of accountants doing it. So, so sometimes, you know, you imagine you're at this thing and you say to this person, well, what is it you do? And the person might say, well, I'm an accountant. Uh, and frequently uh, when, when you hang around these things, you find people going, oh, uh, well, I, I do need to go to the toilet just for a moment. And I'll be back. Right? They don't want to hang out with that. But imagine you said, instead of that, imagine you said, someone says, what do you do? And, and the, the accountant says, well, I'm actually an impact-driven accountant. So straight away you can say, oh, what, what, what's, what's that? Well, what we are is we are driven by the impacts that we are privileged to make with the people that we serve. And that's how we measure what we do. And at the same time, we happen to make a great difference in our world as well. Oh my goodness, tell me more. I'm, you know, I'm gonna have a, I'm gonna have a conversation with you about that. Does that make sense? No, I love it. it you know, it's it's uh, so much, and also articulating. You know, saying like uh, you could say, you know, something like impact driven and help uh, business owners have a better sleep. Uh, to be honest, that to me sounds also interesting. You say, well, how do how do you do that? Because a lot of business owners, you know, do think in their in their dreams exactly. and sleep. You know, in that. So thank you for for sharing that little thing, subtle, but it's so important 
you know, to, and also as you start sharing that, you start to implement it inwards inside of, of your organization. So, so true. So, so true. And, and that's all about, uh, you know, I think one of the other things that leaders understand, leaders who care, they understand, they really do understand the little things. Like, for example, they understand, you know, they understand the, the simple little power, incredible power of words. Right? So, and, and let me just, let me just think of one. Um, so, so, for example, uh, imagine that um, someone was uh, going on an appointment today and they got there late, right? The first thing most people would say is, oh, I'm really sorry I'm late. You know, there was an accident mm -hmm. on the thing and everything else, right? We, we would say that, uh, normally say that. But what if we just changed it around and, and we, we said, thank you so much for your patience. I actually something happened on the way. Do you see? I just I just changed it up that little bit. Uh, so words I find have have uh, so much so much power, um, and to 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 really uh, to to really change where people are at. And I think that the great leaders understand the power of those words to inspire. In fact, I, I, I heard a friend of mine put it this way, uh, uh, let's see, about three or four years ago. He said, he was talking about the same thing. And, and he said, you know, uh, he said, when he was talking about leadership and, and vision and mission and all of those sorts of things that uh, leaders are supposed to be good at. And he put it this way. He said, when your vision is more powerful than your memory, then your future becomes more powerful than your past. And that's wow. just a, isn't that a beautiful sequence of, of words that just, you know, captures. We have some masterpieces today, to be honest, you know, I, I love really <laughs> standards, you know, these leaders who care, the standard companies or standard, something standard and, and, you know, they actually move them, you know, to something that it stand out because okay. of what they stand for. I love that. You know, just uh, <laughs> what you just said here uh, was one of the masterpieces. And when you, what you just said about, you know, when your vision is more powerful than your past, um, your future. And your memory. Yeah, than your memory, your future. Memory, memory, yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, it, it, it's just so, so, uh, so impactful. And um, I guess one great advice that's coming out of this, guys, is to learn the power of words. Do listen to stories, um, share stories, be able to tell, uh, articulate a story. And, and even in what we do, think about profoundly of what you do. How do you care about what you do? You know, starting with those small things. And even, you know, when you present what you do, um, share with that compassion. And um, you've answered a lot of questions. We're going to say, how do you take care of yourself? And you said a lot of those things about being gratitude. You just give an example how you came out of that difficult moment. And thank you for doing that. Because many people, regardless of what level, where they are in the world, do struggle, do find these things. And oh, I found, uh, Paul, that when difficult situations come in, um, your creativity goes out of the window. So it's like uh, you and then when your creativity is down. So the first thing I tend to do is 
how can I get back up my creativity and inspiration? Because when I'm creative, I will figure out many solutions. So you I got it. You're power. absolutely thousand percent correct. Yeah. You know, so so it's just thinking of that, and and uh, uh, you know, and that comes with several different things: excitement, like going be okay, or do things you love. You got to know yourself of what you like to do, which may be uh, you know, which is coming to the point. If you had no limit at this moment in time, what would you do to excite you? Which is my next question. What excites you, Paul, at this moment in time of your, of, you've done so much, you've been so, you know, but I'm sure there are things that excite you at this moment. In, of oh, I, I, yeah, like I had an experience just literally an hour uh, before we got on and, and, and I, wasn't, I wasn't thinking about this at this point. Um, and the experience, I, I, you know, it involves the, the watch that I'm wearing, as you can see, is an Apple watch. And, and it's not a plug, by the way. But but what what, what happened is uh, because of my running, and then something went wrong with the watch, and so I went down to the Genius Bar, and they said, "Oh, the best way to do that is for uh, to allow us to ship you a new one, so you can keep this one, you can do the running, and the new one will be with you in two days." And sure enough, just an hour ago, the new one. Uh, turns up, <laughs> and it go you go through the instructions. They give you a little bag to send the old one back. And I'm sitting there and, you know, this whole thing about pairing your watch and everything else. And, and so I just press the pair button on my phone and I'm, I'm looking at my watch and all of a sudden, everything that I've ever done on my watch and on my iPhone is there on my watch, right? And I'm going, how, did they, how on earth do, do we do that, right? How, how is it possible? Or, I mean, think about... And, and so those things just just uh, just excite me that you know we can I mean that we can be doing this for goodness sake and we can we can be here we can be sitting you know comfortably in our offices and uh, you know somehow or other that's all getting translated digitally and you know all of that sort of stuff or you know we can get our iPhones and we can zip, zip like that and the pixels all move up how on earth does that happen and then. You know, I think about that, and just the other day, I was actually, you know, I mean, that's just amazing that we can do that. And then I remember the moment, actually, and I was thinking about that, and then I thought, and I was talking to someone at the time, I said, look at that, that's amazing. And then I, I thought, how amazing is it that I can actually say, without even thinking how to form the words, look at that, that's amazing. I mean, <laughs> How on earth does that happen? <laughs> so when you, you know, when when you when you take it all in, and by the way, I, I think that one of the uh, one of the dangers sometimes, uh, or one of the things that came out actually from something that you said, is that you know think think about the the whole thing, right? Think about leaders who care. Now, th does that mean that they care for themselves? Of course, of course, of course, they they. They have to be, you know, in the best sort of physical health and all of that sort of thing, so that they can do that. But what is it? What's the missing phrase on that? You know, it's it's leaders who care for those they're privileged to serve, right? And to always have that focus on the impact that just your very presence, your very words, if you will, can have on those people that you interact with every day. I mean. How could how could there be anything more privileged uh, than that? So 
Those, those are the things that keep me excited. <laughs> Thank you. You know, what a great way, you know, to, uh, to share that, Paul. And um, uh, just to wrap it up and look at it in the big picture, so many other questions, of course, but um, <laughs> I think we'll probably need a, another session, you know, on, on with you and a, <laughs> a certain longer, you know, the panel in that sense. But um, talking about scalability and impact, we, we have a question here as well that will be a way to maybe wrap it up from Stoyan. And he says, Paul, what a, what an incredible positive impact you, you have done. You know, what did really takes to scale the impact um, on such a global level? Can you share some successful strategies that have worked for you? In other words, mm -hmm. you know, we're thinking for a better future. What can sure. we do to spread the care culture and, and this positive impact, as you mentioned earlier, because we can measure it with the people and lives mm -hmm. we affect, mm -hmm. and that links up to privilege to be able to, to serve. Yeah, I, I, it's a great question. Thanks for the, for the question, Stoyan. Um, I think the thing that I see more and more and more is this critical understanding that it, it, it sort of starts with, with almost a negative thing, but the, so let me go with that. Then, then we'll move. that and here's the sort of negative thing: some, some, we, we, we just need to realize that we we're designed almost not to do this alone. You know, we just cannot do mm. these great things alone. What we what we have to do is, we we you know we have to connect. We have to build partnerships, we have to build relationships, we, uh, and, and we, we, we all feel better when we do that, right? So, yeah. so I mean, it, it's great that, you know, you, you attribute some of the success of B1G1, uh, uh, you know, to that initial thought, but the reality is, I mean, the reality is that it's those people that are members that are going out there and saying, to, or, you know, having on the bottom of their emails things that say, you know, just because I sent you this email, a child got access to water or, you know, whatever it is they're doing in their day-to-day -day lives, which are just inspiring them and as a result, inspiring others. So I, I think it's it's a matter of, of, of really um, making sure that you can, uh, you can, you can be this place which is, uh, not necessarily where, you, where you're going out and spruiking and telling people how great you are, but just being in this place where you become this magnet, you know, this magnet for talent and, and, and so on. Because the reality is that we simply cannot do it alone. We really cannot. Love it. And uh, Paul, sincerely, uh, thank you so much for being with us today and making the time uh, what can I say? You know, uh, God bless you and your family, and keep spreading <laughs> the the goodness uh, of, of the world. And uh, um, sincerely, you've made us such a great. Uh, you know, some of the masterpieces I've heard and phrases from your experiences you shared today certainly will be uh, echoed and, uh, and and remembered throughout and and shared with so many others. So sincerely, thank you so much, Paul, for being with us today. And uh, well, thank you. And of course, everybody listening to us now would know that would not have happened were it not for your vision in creating leaders who care. So congratulations for that. And thank you so much for having me here. It's been an absolute delight. Thank you, Paul. Thanks for listening. And we hope you enjoyed this episode. 
Find out more about the leaders who care across the main social media channels and help us spread the care culture in your own community, first by taking care of yourself and then of others around you. It all starts with one person, one act of kindness. What is one thing you can do today to make your environment better? Stay inspired and stay caring. See you next time.